got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. What's going on? Jeb here. And in today's video, we have a very special guest on Crypto's R Us himself, George. We are going to be talking with him today about his longer term price predictions and what we should be doing when we are newer to the cryptocurrency space. We have a great discussion coming up. People have been asking for this crossover for a very long time. George, how are you doing, my friend? Welcome to the channel. I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. Let's talk. Let's talk crypto. Heck yeah, man. Let me introduce our producer real quick, and then we're going to dive right on into it. I am joined, as always, by Smay. How are you doing, Smay? Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here as well. And I have something. I have the, the special honor of shouting out our members this morning, as usual. So I'd love to shout out our good friends and members. Stanley Bukakis, thank you so much. Michael, a.k.a. Freakers, thank you so much. And Jack Sanira. Thank you so much for being a member. Thank you for supporting. Uh, thank you for supporting the channel. Thank you. <laughs> well, boom! There you go, guys. Thank you very much to all of our members. George, you were recently featured on Yahoo Finance, and you have a phenomenal Lego collection. Like, awesome! Truly amazing. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, the Yahoo Finance. Um, that was an experience. I, I believe I'll I'll be going back on as a regular guest, but a little little, little different. Uh, more professional, obviously, but uh, I wanted to go on because normally I think you notice this, these analysts and people that they bring on to the traditional media, a lot of them are just really clueless. They really just don't know. And they're just like thrown on there and they're asked a question. They give a vague answer. So I'm hoping to change that. I'm hoping to be a regular and actually answer the, the real questions that people are asking and uh, hopefully get more people involved. And yeah, as before my Lego room, it's just, yeah, you could, you could say I'm a fanatic, <laughs> with Dude, Lego, awesome. but, uh, it, yeah, it's a, it's a fun thing. Well, guys, make sure to subscribe to George. His channel is linked down below. He has some phenomenal content. I know a lot of you guys already are subscribed to George. He's got some great content. Make sure to check out that link down below. George, I want to ask you our first question here about portfolio management because we're going to talk about a lot of different things today. But one of the things that I really want to kind of dive in on is what should somebody – this is kind of going to be like the theme. How should people act in their first like year in crypto? Drop a one in chat if you've been here for less than a year. I know the vast majority of people in crypto have been here for under 12 months. So George, for the person who's new to cryptocurrency, how would you recommend them set up your their portfolio? Because, you know, it's very tempting to go all in on like a rank 200 altcoin. And sure, there's a lot of gains to be made down there. But how would you recommend people would uh, would set that up? 
Uh, I would recommend that all newcomers just go 100% into Shiba because <laughs> that's sure thing to do. <laughs> he asked before we started, Jeb, what coins do you hate? And I was wondering where he was going. That's there you <laughs> um, uh, No, I mean, uh, all newcomers into space. Uh, here's the thing. I, I get this. Um, I guess it's feeling that a lot of people coming in, they want to make money real quick. I think that's the number one reason why people get into crypto. They hear other people talk about it. They hear about, you know, Dogecoin millionaires go do interviews and say how they, you know, they became a millionaire really quickly. So a lot of people jump into meme coins and uh, I don't think that's the way to go. Most of these meme coins have jumped up quite tremendously already. So those kind of gains are gone unless you're just really risking it. So I still advise people to stay with the basics. First of all, get yourself some Bitcoin. Okay, Bitcoin even at forty eight thousand, it could be at fifty thousand. I've had this message since three thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand. It's never too late to get yourself some Bitcoin because I do believe it's going to go much higher. It's the adoption for 2021 is just insane. I mean, th things that's happening now we never seen before, and it's going to carry Bitcoin much higher. So start with Bitcoin. Yeah, after absolutely. you get yourself in Bitcoin, then start learning about altcoins because altcoins are very different than Bitcoin. They're not a store value. They have a purpose. There's a utility, and all the DApps that we see, um, they're considered altcoins or riding on top of a network protocol that's also altcoin, for example, Ethereum and Cardano and, um, you know, VeChain, Solana, Terra, these guys that you hear of. So I, I would say for newcomers, take it easy. Just get in with Bitcoin first, then start looking at these other apps and get yourself educated um, before just diving in. And I, and I would say like for the number of coins, I, I don't think there's too many. You just have to be able to keep up with them. So you can have five or 10 or 20 coins in your portfolio as long as you can keep track of what's going on and make sure that you're up to date on them. I think that's okay. And uh, one last thing is I advise people to follow 50, 25, 25 rule, which is 50% in Bitcoin because it gives you that stability and 25% in big caps, which is anything I deem over $10 billion in market cap. So it gives you that growth and stability, especially right now, big caps are really, really, really strong and on fire and 25% small caps. And these are ones that you know, they could be explosive. There's more risk. There's more volatility, but some of them pay off. Some of them become a big cap. And that's where you're going to see that really carry your portfolio. So I think that is phenomenal advice, because quite frankly, I, you've probably seen this yourself. There's a lot of people that get into cryptocurrency and they immediately jump into the most uh, the, the highest risk, highest skill requirement, most difficult investment strategy. Like, oh, I'm going to go pick a number 500 altcoin and I'm going to ride it to the moon or I'm going to go and use 100x leverage and they kind of skip three or four years of experience that you really need to get built up into that area where it's safe for you to do that. Even as somebody who's been in crypto for four years myself, and I know you've been in for a long time, I still have over 50% of my portfolio in Bitcoin. Then I've got about 25, 30% in Ethereum. Then I have some smaller uh -huh. cap projects. And of course, there is an argument to be made 
And I recognize that if you're newer to cryptocurrency, um, you want to get bigger gains and it's easier to find that in the smaller cap cryptocurrencies. That's absolutely accurate. And so I love the way that you put that with uh, the 50-25-25 rule. I will make sure to keep that in mind. I think people should definitely take that away from this stream if they take anything so far. George, thank you very much for that. Guys, if you're enjoying today's stream, make sure to smash that like button. I know we can get to 1,000 likes over the next couple of minutes. George, I have another question for you here. It's really funny. Bitcoin bounced around $40,000. We were trading around $40,000 for the span of about two weeks. We were mm -hmm. in this big rally, and, and we've been up to $48,000 for like two days. And it's like everybody's already getting bored. They're like, ah, 50. I need, I need, I want 50 now. And, oh, I want 60. I want 75. I want 100. It's like, hold on. Pump the brakes. We just rallied $3,000 or $2,000 in three minutes. What would you say to the people that have very short um, – maybe patience like I do and I struggle with uh, for the people that are like, oh, well, Bitcoin just had a giant rally, but I'm already bored with $48,000 and I want to go a lot higher. What is there any general advice that you would give to people that are struggling with that? Well, the number one thing is I think people need to understand that the, the people that made the most money in crypto are the ones that held the longest, the ones that had the most patience. Yep. And that is 100 percent true. I don't know. I don't care what anyone argues. That is true. The Bitcoin billionaires out there, they simply held eight to 10 years. The multimillionaires or 100 millionaires. Mm -hmm. Um, they held for seven, eight years, right? And people that held from four years ago, 2017 till now, um, they made a tremendous amount too. And it's not just with Bitcoin, with many altcoins like Ethereum and others. So patience is number one. And too many people, again, going back to what I, what I said, too many people come in, want to become a millionaire overnight. They want to become a millionaire next week or next month. But just realize that if you just stretch that time frame out to just a few years, two, three, four years, which really is not that long. But if you're able to hold out for that long, it's a, it's almost a guaranteed win. Your your time is on your side when it comes to Bitcoin and crypto. So it's really a test of your patience. Uh, people that make money in this space is basically taking away from the impatient, and uh, it always happens. You know, Bitcoin. Hey, remember just a few months ago we were stuck at $30,000 for like exactly. two months, yep. two months, right? And, you know, even then I felt it because we came back down from 64, which I know is like 50% drop, but people that held since 10,000, 20,000, hey, uh, they were still up 50% from that point, from 20,000 to 30, that's still 50% gain. And that wasn't too long ago, that was just back in December. Yep. So, um, you know, I, I think it's just it's just one of those things. Newcomers coming in, they just have to they just have to learn patience because the more patience you have in this game, the more you go make. Yeah, it's almost like people get into cryptocurrency and they, they see that you can make a lot of money very, very quickly in cryptocurrency. And then they want, oh, well, if I can make a million dollars in three years, then maybe I can make a million dollars in three months. That's that's not how it works. It's like, you know, it. If you want to become a millionaire overnight, then you got to put a lot of nights and work into that. And I think a lot of people need to, you know, and like I said, this is something that I struggle with very, very much. So I'm not preaching to anybody here. I'm talking to myself here. This is something I deal with. It's like, hey, 
you know, pump the brakes. The way that an entrepreneur put it to me one time is that you need to be aggressively patient. You need to be very aggressive in your actions. You need to constantly be putting the work in and constantly growing and learning and studying the markets. But you also got to have patience because, you know, it takes nine months to have a baby. You can't really speed that up. It just takes time. You know, you're, this doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> and I think people would be very well off if um, if we just say, OK, you know what? I'm going to subscribe to not the get rich quickly mindset. I'm going to get I'm going to subscribe to the get rich slowly mindset. There's a whole website called getrichslowly.com. And I read that. I'm like, you know, that actually kind of makes a lot of sense because the longer it takes you to build something, more than likely, the longer it would take for it to unravel. If you built something in a week, it probably doesn't have a lot of backing. It probably doesn't have a lot of foundation in the same way that your portfolio might um, because maybe you're going to lose all of it in a leverage trade or something. So I think that's some great advice, and I love that. Really quickly, I also have another question for you here because I know this is something that you made a video on recently. George, where do you think that we are going to be at by the end of the year on Bitcoin in particular? I think for sure we will be above 100 and after that, it's anyone's guess. Um, yeah. And the reason being, I think after 100,000, we're gonna see some true FOMO. So one of the things that gauge true FOMO is you could just go to Google search trends and search Bitcoin or buy Bitcoin, and you'll see that we're like at ground level. We're nowhere close to the peak of 2017 or even a peak in uh, back in April. So FOMO has not hit yet, but after 100,000, I think it'll be the same way um, like in 2017. You go hear everyone talk about it, every single broadcast, CNBC and Yahoo Finance and Bloomberg, everyone is going to be talking about it. And uh, and I think we're going to see some true FOMO, and not just with retail, but also with the institutions that are already in. The ones that's been sitting on the sidelines, they're going to be jealous and they're going to want to get in. and. Um, that's why I think some people have, you know, predicted that Bitcoin could be above 200,000, 200, 250. I think with true FOMO, that could happen. So, but I, I do think for sure 100,000 after that, who knows? Yeah, because so. I back, back in uh, 2017, I remember I got into crypto when Bitcoin was trading at $2,900. It was uh, July 31st, 2017. I got into crypto. And everyone was talking about $5,000. Like, oh, Bitcoin's going to go to $5,000. And that was the big deal. And now if Bitcoin goes to $5,000, it's kind of like one of those that goes on, you know, a tabloid. Bitcoin then uh, hit $5,000. And then the next number was $10,000. And everybody was convinced. $10,000 is going to be the all-time high. And then we're going to go into a giant bear market. But then the FOMO, like you're talking about, set in. And instead of $10,000 being the all-time high, we actually ran all the way to twenty and added another, what, like, $150 billion in market capitalization because that FOMO set in. I think you're absolutely right. Frankly, I don't even think we saw even close to the kind of FOMO that we saw uh, earlier on this year in the first phase of this bull market. I don't think we saw anything compared to what's coming because of the amount of fundamental adoption that's going on. I also think that we're going to be over $100,000 by the end of the year, but do you think that we're going to see something similar happen where everybody's talking about $100,000 but then it comes and then wait a second, that actually wasn't as hard as we thought and we'd go to two hundred dollars or $300,000. What, what what do you think about that? You know, at some point we have to worry about diminishing returns sure. because the market cap is so big. So I think at some point it's going to slow down. And I think after we hit, let's say, 200, 250,000, we start slowing down. And I think people already uh, know this. That's why if you look at 
like the logarithmic um, growth curve or whatever, it kind of tapers out, right? So at some point, FOMO will still continue, but you're not going to see it jump up nearly as much because of that. But right now, being where it is, even at like a, tri- a trillion in market cap, which we know is not it's not very hard to move, especially with leverage. So I think there's still plenty of money. I mean, there's more than enough money uh, globally and even in gold, even if you took like 10% of gold holders and they, they sell and they put in Bitcoin, that alone would like yep. be so much money coming in. Gold's 11 um, trillion right now. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I think we there's still plenty of money to push Bitcoin above 100 to 200 and so forth. But after that, I think it's going to start taping out a little bit. But can I hit $1 million, let's say in 20 years? I, I certainly think so. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that it's, I, I think you're completely right with the diminishing returns thing. And I actually want to ask you another follow-up question on that. Um, there is a big argument that people are making that right now, Bitcoin is, you know, unusable as a daily driver currency. And, you know, they, they say down in El Salvador, nobody wants to spend their Bitcoin because they're worried like, okay, I'm going to spend 10 bucks now. And then in two years, it was, I just spent 50 bucks for a, you know, a expensive gallon of milk or something. So what would you say about those diminishing returns, hopefully leading to stability in the market. Is that something that you see happening as we get up towards maybe $5, $10 trillion in market cap? Uh, are we going to see the uh, the Bitcoin market stabilize so much that people are more willing to use it as a daily currency? See, I have a different perspective with this. Um, I, I know that a lot of people do want to see Bitcoin be used as a day-to-day currency. I don't want that to happen. It's just like, does anyone use gold as a day-to-day, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, commodity? No, I mean it, it's something that you buy and hold, and the value comes from that holding. So Bitcoin, I think, is the same as gold. It's digital gold. It's better, you know, pharmaceutical gold, as Michael Saylor likes to call it. Um, and I know we have Lightning Network, and we have like in El Salvador, we have Shivo app, and and it's meant to get people to use it. Um, but I just think it's the wrong crypto. <laughs> I think the uh, CBDCs that's coming out, that's going to be widely used. Stable coins, that's widely used. And there's other crypto that's meant to be a payment service. Those are just better suited. They're much faster, much less fees. And I think those uh, those should be used as you know day-to-day currency to be used for, let's say, coffee at Starbucks or wherever. And gold, I mean, Bitcoin, just be held as a value store, as a as a hedge against inflation, as a store of value. Yeah, no, that's something that Safadian almost actually talks about in the Bitcoin standard, which anyone who hasn't read the Bitcoin standard, you absolutely need to. One of the best books ever written on blockchain and, and Bitcoin. He actually believes that Bitcoin isn't going to be used as a daily driving currency and a day-to-day currency, but because of what you just said, it's built to be a store of value, its fees are way too high, it's blocked time is too long. It takes too long to have final settlement. Uh, Lightning Network is probably not going to end up working is what is what um, his opinion would be on that. In that case, what do you think we're going to end up using? Do you think it's going to be mostly CBDCs? Because people argue and say, you know, well, CBDCs are great, but, you know, the C in CBDC stands for central bank. Shouldn't we be wanting to use something decentralized? Is there another altcoin that you think would take over the space? Because I think, and tell me if we disagree, I think we would both agree that some form of cryptocurrency is going to be the future of payments. Where do you think that might go? I I think payments will stick with CBDCs. Um, as much as we like to have, 
I don't know. I'm just going to throw this out there. Nano, for example. Nano is a pure payment uh, play. As much as we want something like, say, Nano to take over the digital dollar, uh, that's not going to happen, in my opinion. The dollar will always exist. Um, but that doesn't mean that uh, crypto is not going to exist because the dollar is still the dollar. You know, Fed Chairman Powell or whoever replaces them will always apply uh, monetary policy and always inflate it, right? And with the digital dollars, arguably probably easier for them to do so. But I, I see crypto for payments. Uh, what is going to happen is I think it's going to come down to the dApps, right? The wallets, the 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 things that people use, and that's where crypto projects will really shine, I believe. Um, you know, we're already seeing that with the number of wallets out there oh, yeah. and what you can do with the wallets now with the integrated DAP store and all this stuff. I mean, I think that's what it's going to come down to where all these projects that we have right now are going to come out with really fancy digital wallets and DAPs. And they're going to have multiple crypto in there that you can obviously store and use. And CBDCs are going to be among them. And that most people will just use to their CBDCs to pay for things. But I think the wallets could make it very easy for people to swap between digital currencies so that if you did need to use, let's say, CBDC, a digital U.S. dollar to pay for something, you could swap between your Bitcoin and Ethereum and others and just uh, make it, you know, it's going to make it really simple for people to um, to do. I, I think that's the more likely outcome. I don't yeah. see any crypto yeah. uh, replacing, let's say, the digital dollar once it comes out. I just don't see that. It would be pretty hard to happen. Um, I have another question here that somebody said in chat, Ibis Crypto just asked you, is Georgia's Lego city called Georgia or Georgetown? That's the question. You got to tell us. What's the scoop on that? <laughs> I, I never gave it up. So Come on. I think Georgia I is pretty Let's good. Let's go Georgetown. That sounds good. Georgetown. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. Well, yeah. No, look, I think that the fact of the matter is... Um, CBDCs have a bright future as far as their adoption. I am concerned about the about them kind of undermining what the point of crypto is. But if we're if we're specifically looking at this from what's most likely, it is going to be very hard for a cryptocurrency to become a national currency simply because of its decentralized nature. I want that to happen, but it is going to be it is definitely going to be difficult. And what's most likely, you you definitely might be right on that. Uh, George, I also want to ask you a little bit about DCAing because I know dollar cost averaging is something that you talk about quite a bit. What is for anyone who's newer to cryptocurrency? What does DCA stand for? What does it mean? And what role does that play in people that are in the uh, uh, for people that are newer to the cryptocurrency space? Um, yeah, DCA dollar cost averaging. Basically, you're bring your cost average of whatever you have down. Sometimes it goes up, and that's because um, if you're following a schedule, sometimes you're buying on the way up, but sometimes you're buying on the way down. And overall, you're cost averaging your buys. And it works out great. It works out great. There's so many that took advantage of this strategy when Bitcoin fell down. Um, I mean, going back all the way to 2017, people that followed this strategy bought on the way down to 2018, 2019, 2020. You know what? It worked out pretty well. Yep. At that time, it may have sounded 
stupid. Like, why would you be buying on the way down? You're trying to catch a falling knife. But we know Bitcoin is not going to fall to zero. We know it's going to find the floor and continue higher. And that's exactly what it did. And people that took advantage of 3,000, um, 6,000, 10,000, and we had multiple times that uh, that happened. You know, Bitcoin in 2019 fell from 14 down to 3,800. Oh, uh, no, last year it fell down to 3,800, and people could have took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and people that did, what they ended up, you know, doing was bringing their cost average down so that when Bitcoin recovered, now their portfolio is in the green. So DCA is very important, and you could do this one or two ways. A lot of people just follow a schedule, and you see this on the apps too, like exchanges. They'll say, "Hey, do you want to set a schedule? Buy a certain amount every single, you know, week or two weeks or a month." Thirtieth, yeah. Yeah, that works. That works. There's calculators that show had you done it, let's just say $100 every week over a course of three or four years, you're up several thousand percents, depending on which crypto that you you bought into. I mean, some of them are like tens of thousands of percent. So it really works. Um, Or some people dollar cost average just on dips. If there's a major dip, 10, 20, 15, 20, you know, 50 percent dip, you buy in a little more more and you bring your average down and then when things recover now you're in the green so it's really that simple and i think it's very very important for everyone to follow dca yeah well to tie that all up into a bow because i have one final question after this but even to just kind of bring everything together what would your strategy for a person who's new to the cryptocurrency space be because it can be very daunting to get into crypto and say oh well i got DeFi, i got all these decentralized applications i have dexes that i have to think about and centralized versus decentralized and bitcoin versus ethereum and what would your strategy be to make it simple for somebody who's been in crypto for seven days and they have no idea where to start? How how would you guide somebody? Like, let's say your mom wanted to get into crypto or let's say you, uh, you have a friend who wants to get into crypto. I doesn't know anything about it. How would mm-hmm. you lead them towards getting those kind of gains that people are looking for here in crypto in a responsible way? Uh Responsible way is key. Um, a lot of people also coming in is buying crypto on credit cards with their credit cards, and that's not the way to do it. Nope. First of all, never invest more than what you could afford to lose, which Amen. means you're investing just with side money that is not going to affect your day-to-day life. You don't need that money to pay your bills, to pay your car, pay your mortgage, pay your rent, stuff like that. So first of all, people coming in should just use extra money they have. I would still advise people to get in and start with Bitcoin and maybe not say you had $5,000 and want to get in. I would say spread out the buys, you know, DCA into Bitcoin. So it's really up to you if you want to spread it out four ways, five ways, and just, or do a little bit every single like month, let's say, and, uh, and buy into Bitcoin first. And then after that, start researching these altcoins. And I would suggest looking at what's called L1s or network protocols. And these are, the easiest way to think about them is operating systems for the future decentralized apps. So these are the ones like Ethereum and Cardano and Solana and Beatchain and Avalanche and, you know, Terra. Um, and there's so many that these are just the ones that are big caps, but outside of big caps, there's so many others that are serving the same purpose. So I would suggest newcomers to look at these 
uh, network protocols because all the dApps that that is being used right now, they're all built on top of these L1s. And that's important. They're the foundation. So they're like Microsoft Windows and, and uh, Apple iOS. All the dApps that, that people use, they're riding on top of these operating systems, and that's what these L1s are. And I would advise people to start researching them and get into them. Yeah, I think that's great. One of the things that I say is um, is the exactly what you just said. The fundamentals, the foundation of the entire digital of the the entire future cryptocurrency economy are these L1 network protocols, like you're talking about. I look at like the interstate highway system in the United States of America. All the hotels, all the McDonald's, all the Starbucks's, they all pop up around the interstate because everybody uses the interstate and brings the the United States together. The United States would not have a twenty trillion dollar gross domestic product if it weren't for the interstate highway system. It'd probably literally be half that because it take you a three weeks to get across the country. That interstate highway system costs money to build, but the amount of value it brings because of the things built on top of it is so incredibly valuable that if you could invest in the interstate highway system in 1970, which you can't, but if you could buy like partial ownership of the interstate highway system, you would make so much money because of how valuable it is. And that's essentially what you get to do right now by buying things like Ethereum, Cardano, Avalanche, and all the ones you just listed is that you're basically just buying a share in the foundation of the future cryptocurrency economy. So, so I think that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I think that's great. Well, George, let me ask you one final question before we close here. This is one that I am always chewing on because I want to fully understand my audience so that I can best understand how to serve them. And the question is, why do you think people get into the cryptocurrency space? Because when I got into the cryptocurrency space, I didn't realize it at the time, but I got into crypto out of a deep heart. I got into crypto because things weren't going the way that I wanted to. I, I got into crypto because I wanted to take care of my family. You know, it, it wasn't sure I wanted to make money in crypto, but the deeper message there was that I wanted to make money in crypto for a reason. So why do you think people really get into crypto? Obviously, everybody wants to make money in crypto, but do you see a deeper reason, maybe on an emotional level, why people why people get into crypto? And uh, do you have anything to say to those people? Um. I think emotion, for me, I think it's financial freedom. I think that's why people get in. And the purpose of it is, yes, to to make money, but it's really for financial freedom because people are sick of their nine to five jobs. They want something better. They want to invest in something that they believe is the future. Um, and I think that's number one. Now, you mentioned emotion. I think that's important, too, because some people are fed up with, let's say, what the governments are doing, especially right now. You know, in the last two years, you could argue, yes, the pandemic, you know, caused a lot of hardship. But the government, the U.S. government has what printed? Trillions, uh, trillions, trillions. How many trillions? Like 10. You know, the, the, how many. the money supply in the U.S. went up 40 percent, I think, or even more now. Mm -hmm. In the last two years alone, mm -hmm. think about every USD that was ever printed, 40% of that came within the last year or two. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people are also realizing that, maybe not the young people, but the older generation that have saved up so much in their bank account or 401k, yeah, but then they're seeing that dilute to nothing mm -hmm. and they're really pissed off about it. And I think 
that is also playing a big part why they're looking into bitcoins uh especially maybe not so much of the altcoins but they're looking at bitcoin because they want something to to preserve their wealth to protect their buying power so i think that has a lot to do with it too but i think a lot of the younger people you know maybe in their 20s and 30s they're just really fed up and i think they just want to make more money achieve financial freedom, then they could do whatever they want, spend more time with their family, go travel more, life experiences, all that. So I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, I think you nailed it with the word financial freedom, and I use that quite a bit. I think it breaks down into two categories. Number one, people are fed up with not having money to put food on the table, so they want financial freedom from that yoke of poverty. But two, they also want financial freedom from the financial systems that are not having our best interest at heart. That's what we saw come out of El Salvador. We in America saw, oh yeah, we had 40% inflation or 40, well, it's not realized yet, but 40% of the money supply was just printed, but at least we got some stimulus, but at least we got some extra paychecks. Like at least we got yes. something for all that money printing. Down in El Salvador, their national currency is the United States dollar. Now, the, now Bitcoin's alongside that, but it was the US dollar. They just saw all of their currency inflate and it's going to continue inflating, and it's only going to speed up over the next several years. For what? They didn't get the benefits of stimulus, and a lot of people would argue that there weren't any benefits anyway. So I think people absolutely want financial freedom. I think that's exactly why people are here. They want freedom so they can put food on the table, but two, they also want freedom from governments and systems that don't have their best interest at heart. And yes, obviously, it's nice to go and you know get some fancy car, get some fancy house. I think that is fantastic. You go make your millions and you have your fun. Go for it. But I think the vast majority of people here in crypto are here for exactly those two words, financial freedom. George, it was a pleasure talking to you today. Please give us any of your closing thoughts. And I also want people to know where they can find you other than the link to your channel in the description box down below. Go subscribe to George. But where else can they find you? And what do you have to say to the audience? Uh, yeah, you know, people people can find me on my channel, Cryptos Are Us. Um, maybe they'll find me on Yahoo Finance of the Future. There you go. <laughs> but, That's so cool. Uh, you know, our conversation has pumped up Bitcoin. It's going up 48.5, I think. Hey. Yeah, so it that's is, yeah. We had a bullish conversation. How about that? <laughs> Need to do this again. Uh, we have we have some real weight, so that's what that's why it's pumping. Yeah. Um, but you know, overall, I think people just need to have more patience. Um, you know, a lot of people, like you said, people look at, oh, you know, we're stuck at forty-eight thousand, and uh, you know, why are we not moving? Right? People just have to step back and realize. Bitcoin is at 50,000. Just just take a moment and think about that, the weight of it. I said this at 30,000, you know, maybe because I feel the weight more because I saw where it was. In the beginning of 2017, it was only at $1,000. And then, you know, we had 3,000 several times. But the weight of it, a Bitcoin is at $50,000. That's a lot. Yep. And imagine the weight of it at 100,000, 200,000, and one day a million dollars each. Yep. each right um it's it's phenomenal that shatoshi was able to create something that have gotten this far and is is only going to get farther um so I, I would tell people just have patience bitcoin is going higher enjoy the moment take advantage because as high as you think it is now it's going to be nothing compared to where it will be in like five to ten years so 
that's it. Really just have patience and stay in the game. I think that is phenomenal advice. Well, George, it was a pleasure to have you on. Everybody, make sure to check him out. His link is down below. You can also follow him on Twitter. He's got an awesome Twitter over there where he posts some stuff. Make sure to check him out. George, it was a pleasure. I hope we can have you back on the channel one day soon, man. Take care. All right. Sounds good. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. All right. Well, guys, we are going to move into a short intermission. I'm going to take these off now. We're going to move into a short intermission here. We're going to read some Super Chats, and then we're going to dive into some analysis on Bitcoin. How about that? That was a great conversation. What do you think, Smay? That was awesome. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I actually really think, I really find that uh, his take on um where he think like how he feels about CB, uh, like the central bank yeah. currencies and all that like I, that really that really made me true on the way I think about it and I'm like yeah. you know because I've always I've always said that I I'm I'm very much like there's the right way to do something and then there's the way the government's gonna do it <laughs> and I'm like I, I always thought it was like the way they'd probably do it is to maybe eventually after enough pressure uh, a back the U.S. dollar with Bitcoin and and make it to where it's something like a. Um, hey, Smay, we're getting a bunch of comments about the audio. Oh, what what's, the heck? what's going on with the audio? Um, I'm not sure. Can you hear anything? I know that. Uh, maybe I need to turn it down. <laughs> Volume is high. Okay. The volume was high. Yeah, turn it down. Is it is it better now, guys? So I was a seven in chat. I it's will, better now. I can explain. Is is it is it right? Is it good now? <laughs> oh, Someone said louder, please. <laughs> Are we better now? Uh, I just got a message from Shannon. Shannon's like, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Is what it now? Is it better? Is that better? Is that better? Oh my god! Audio oh. way too loud since Skype ended. Blown out audio. Hello. What about now? Is this better? Is it better? Okay. I'm, oh my gosh. I'm gonna plug my headphones into the computer so I can hear what's going on. Uh, it doesn't sound bad for me. Let me hear it. I think it's OBS is really glitching. Let me see what's going on. Yeah, it's better. It's better? I think we're good. I'm pretty sure we're good now. I think we are better. All right, Smay, you were talking about hit, uh, George's Wait. take on uh, CBDC. They're, they're saying it's not better. It sounds better to me. And, it, and the thing is, on OBS, it says it's fine. Now they're saying it's too quiet. <laughs> yeah, turn it up just a touch, it looks like. All right, turn it up. Just yeah, we're going to have to figure that out after the stream. Yeah, we'll figure that out after hello? the stream. <laughs> well, we're getting a lot of engagement hello, hello, hello. in the chat from everybody saying what it sounds like. Is it better now? Is it better? Um, yes, both of you can come. Hey, how up. many people are streaming? Both of you can come up about fifteen percent from where you are. Sound? If you did that, then we're good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive right back into oh what we're talking gosh. about. Oh my gosh! This is okay. I, just to put you guys. So right now, I'm still trying to figure out the uh, the audio with having guests on right now. Like because I don't know. We don't have to get into it, but it's really it's been really frustrating me. But anyways, we're good. We're good. I think we're good. I'll turn it up just here because somebody said too low. All right. Anyways, back to what we were saying. What you were saying. Yeah. So I was just going to say, I thought that, I thought, oh my gosh. I was just saying, I thought it was a, a good take because um, I always thought that, that we'd potentially see a Bitcoin dollar and like the dollar be backed by Bitcoin eventually after enough pressure. Years and years down the line, I never saw America adopting it anytime soon. Um, so yeah, no, but I'd love, I, I really think his take is very realistic um, and I think it's very possible um, because I just think, I, I think the 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 
The only point that I think it might change is because of the fact that as my generation and your generation gets older and takes over, we might see a huge shift in our financial system. But I think that's years and obviously years and years and years and years down the line. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and read a couple super chats and then we're going to jump into some Bitcoin technical analysis, guys. Thank you very much for bearing with us. We are working on all of that. Thank you guys so much. Smash that like button if you are are enjoying today's show. we got a great show lined up for you and a lot more content coming. But really quickly, I want to read a couple of super chats. Asif Ramzan donated $5. He said... um, Hello, Asif from New York, uh, North Carolina. Do you guys think it is still time to get into Bitcoin? How high do you think it will go up? Well, thank you very much for the super chat, my friend. I think, and George also thinks, that we're going to be going over $100,000 this year. And George talked about a second ago when he was on about Bitcoin going to to, to about a million dollars in potentially the next 20 years. I think it can happen even quicker than that. I think that you are absolutely early and you don't need to worry about that. We're also going to give a shout out to Super Google Lee 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 who said we are all George. Shout out to you. Uh, Nanef donated. Uh, Jackson donated. Matt, Shadow Band Refugee, and Corey all donated. Thank you guys so much for your super chats. But let's go ahead and jump onto the chart here. We're going to do some Bitcoin technical analysis. As George so astutely pointed out, we saw a bit of a rally while we were talking. Shout out to him. We had a little bit of a pump, and I want to kind of go over what the technicals are looking like right now on Bitcoin. First and foremost, let's go ahead and go to a clean chart, and we shall start. One of the very first things I need to show you is something that I've shown you probably 20 times now. I have shown you the bullish RSI divergence showing up on the daily chart over and over and over again, and it is still in play. We have an uptrending level of support right here, downtrending level of support right here. That is indicative that Bitcoin should be seeing some kind of major rally moving into the next several, several weeks. The simple fact is RSI divergence that has been in play for two months like this has generally leads to a major rally in the price. And that's what I think we're going to see. But also another interesting thing is happening down here on the four hourly chart. Bitcoin is forming an inverse head and shoulders pattern. Now, I brought this to you guys over a week and a half ago when Bitcoin first dropped down here below forty eight thousand dollars and start plummeting down to $40,000, I said on a stream about two weeks ago that we could end up forming an inverse head and shoulders pattern right here. And that's what looks like we might actually be doing. If Bitcoin does not manage to break through $49,000 in the next couple of days, which would be very bullish if it does, for reasons I'll get into in just a second, and we do have a small correction, then that would lead to a bullish MACD, uh, in, uh, excuse me, not a bullish MACD, a bullish inverse head and shoulders pattern, which would lead us to very, very high price targets. For example, if we just do a simple extrapolation here. If we did break to the upside like that, then we would see the market rally all the way to $58,000 based on this prediction. That's where my prediction for the end of October is coming, actually. I think that Bitcoin is going to be trading between 55 and 60 by the end of hashtag October. I think we're going to see a very, very bullish spooky month here at the end of the year. And whether or not we break to the upside right now in literally just the next couple of days, or we pull back $4,000 and then rally, both of those are actually bullish outcomes. So the daily chart right now and this four hourly inverse head and shoulders pattern are both incredibly bullish for Bitcoin. Speaking of other bullish things for Bitcoin, we can see that there was a bullish MACD cross here on Bitcoin just a few days ago. On October the 1st, we saw a big, big bullish cross. This is a big deal because the last several times that we have seen bullish MACD crosses form here on this chart we have seen rallies now for example this bullish macd cross over here led to a very small rally but we did go up we saw a bullish macd cross precede this rally and then looking back we hope you enjoyed listening to the coffee and crypto podcast 
Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at McAfee Media.